Welcome to Authentically Me. This is your host, Megan Sines. My purpose is to bring you real, raw, and honest conversations to help uncover the vulnerability in all of you. New episodes every Monday, so leave the judgment at the door because it's time to get authentic. Let's talk consent. I feel like people think this is a common sense word, but in reality, it's not. I think in my high school curriculum, the only thing they said about consent was that you needed to make sure you had it, but they didn't talk about what happens if you don't have consent. They didn't talk about what if someone consents and then changes their mind. None of that was talked about, and this is literally the first step in teaching people how to set boundaries. I believe sexual assault happens for two main reasons, and that is people aren't educated in consent and they aren't educated in self-control because when you break assault down, it really comes down to those two things. So first, consent is a process between two people. Consent is specific to each activity. Consent can be given and it can be taken away at any time. Consent can only be given with a clear mindset, which means if you're under the influence or under intoxication in some way, you can't give consent and no one should be later victim blamed for drinking. Consent is ongoing, which means if you say yes or you consent at one point, that doesn't mean that you always give consent. It's an ongoing process. Both partners need to feel safe and comfortable. Consent goes both ways. If pressure or coercion in any way were used to gain consent, the consent does not exist. Consent is non-negotiable. Consent is not only for strangers. It is also for people closest to you in your lives. This includes parents. A lot of people want to believe that the people that hurt the ones you care about are strangers when more times than not, it's people that they know intimately and personally. For children, a lot of times it's the parents or the parents' relatives or their parents' friends. And this is why kids are afraid to speak up about being assaulted because you told them as an adult that you always have a right to their space in their bodies. Consent does not mean it's just for sexual parts. This is such a common misconception. Consent is really just about excellent communication and you deserve that in all aspects of your life. If you break down consent into the smallest pieces, then it's really about communicating our wants, our needs, and our boundaries to other people and knowing that they are going to hear that information and respect it and honor it. You deserve this in all aspects of your life whether you're at the dentist, dealing with family members, or whether you're in bed. In addition, the more we are able to practice consent in low-stake settings, like at the dentist, the more likely we are to use it in places like in bed, where it might feel less natural or less comfortable. So consent is a great strategy for your whole life, not just for when you're talking about sex. Informed consent is necessary for trauma-informed care. People need to understand why any test or procedure is being done to their bodies. Instead of just going with the flow of a visit, talk with your provider about whether a pap smear, pelvic exam, or any lab work is truly necessary. I have experience with this when I had chronic yeast infections and I always had to get a pelvic exam. I realized how triggering it was for my body to endure, so I stood up for myself and communicated that I am a sexual assault survivor, and I explained, I know my body and the difference between a yeast infection and bacterial vaginosis. So I asked 
my doctor if they would just prescribe me a pill if I felt like one was coming on. I have never had any issues. Usually they say, of course, and they always mention that if they truly need me to come in, that they'll let me know because at a certain point, it really is important to get some like bacteria collected just to make sure like you're on the right track. If I do need a pelvic exam, I usually ask for a friend to come or a partner if possible so that they can talk to me like through the whole procedure. If they can't, I have my phone right next to me because that makes me feel safe. And I have the doctor explain everything they are doing step by step. I also do this with my eating disorder recovery, where if I have to get weighed, I tell them I don't want to see the numbers and I say like, hey, I'm just going to face the other way. Consent is not depending on what you wear. Someone should be able to walk out naked and it doesn't mean you want to have sex. It doesn't mean you want to be looked at. It just means like you want to walk around naked. You feel good in your body. Four things not to do when talking to your child about sexual assault. Number one, do not wait until middle school to bring this topic up. Most people have incidents before they have even hit the age of seven. And the reason is because you're so vulnerable at that age. Number two, do not tell your kids to yell and scream and make loud noises. Why? Because they could get hurt. And then two, because kids are so commonly told to calm down, use your inside voice, be quiet. You're being too loud right now. So if you're telling your kid to yell and make loud noises, then you're telling them to do uncomfortable actions in some scenarios that is already uncomfortable for them. And most kids cannot take that action. So they will stay quiet and then they will feel bad because they didn't do the thing that you told them to do. Number three, do not put this action past anyone who you look up to. Do not put this action past loved ones or other really cute kids. And I know that's really hard to hear. However, if you have any inclination of anything anywhere, trust your gut feeling and say no. Protecting our child, which brings me to number four. This is the biggest one. Do not forsake your child's safety for the sake of someone else's feelings. That other adult, that other child, your partner, that other person can get over hurt feelings. However, if your child is sexually abused, it can literally change your child's genetic makeup. It is that serious. And your number one job as a parent is to always protect your child. So why is it so important to educate children on consent? Rather than the things that I just named up above of things that you shouldn't be doing, Statistics reveal that during the first six months of 2022, at least 2,211 children were sexually abused, approximately 12 children each day. At least 1,207 were girls and 1,004 were boys who reported to be victims of sexual abuse. So educating them decreases their vulnerability. When they are properly educated on the correct body parts and of the consent, then they can label things properly and aren't lost if they're ever put in a situation. It's important to teach anatomical names and to teach privacy and not shame. If you're comfortable talking about it, then they will be as well. Curiosity is so natural. So teaching them so that they're not vulnerable. Teaching them about bodily autonomy. You can do this for infants and toddlers when diaper changing. Babies and toddlers can't consent to diaper changes, but they must be done as a necessary care task so you can interact with them as you change them so they know what you're doing as you do it and they at least feel part of the process. I'm taking off your diaper, dirty diaper, dirty, dirty, lift up, whoop, thank you, all right, clean diaper, 
putting it on, lift your legs. Thank you. All of those are appropriate sayings, just walking them through the process. The goal is to make them feel involved and not like a passive observer having their body manipulated. You want to be building the foundation for their body autonomy and consensual interactions later in life. So you can explain what you're doing as you do it. You can interact with them through conversations, songs, questions, etc. If they object or fight, you can explain why you must change them. There might be a rash, you're really stinky, etc. And it's a must-do care task. So do the task. Give them a structured choice. Would you like to change now or in two minutes? They feel empowered over their body and they must do the task to get it done. Boundaries exist in every relationship. Consent is a lifelong skill. So small practices contribute to bigger practices. Some barriers that might get in the way are lack of understanding of consent, past history of victimization, culture and mixed messages, varied health curriculum and sex education in schools, and just feeling overwhelmed. So between the ages to three and four, which you can start earlier with the diaper changing, that would be infants into toddler ages, and now we're getting into ages three and five. You can start with accurate naming of body parts. This is so that your kid isn't going to school saying someone touched their cookie instead of knowing the actual body part so that their teacher can report it. Ask before touching. If you're ever in a situation where you need to leave and they don't want to be touched, say like you really have an appointment to go to, but they don't want to be touched. You can give them two options. Would you like me to carry you to the car or do you want to walk? This is teaching them body autonomy and consent. Also allowing children options for showing affection. Ask if you can kiss, hug, hold them, and then respect their boundary of whichever one they chose. Start to discuss conversations and secrets. So running through different scenarios with them, make sure they're prepared for different things that they might encounter if someone tried to hurt them. And these conversations will come based on different age ranges. What would you do if someone was giving you a hug and it made you really uncomfortable or you didn't like it? And then you wait for them to answer. What would you do if someone tried to touch you in your penis area? What would you do if someone tried to make you touch their penis? And then as they get older, you can build on these scenarios by saying, what if someone was trying to touch you and they were telling you that if you didn't let them, they were going to hurt you or they were going to come hurt me or the rest of the family? What would you do then? And then you could say, that's right. You can always come to me and tell me no one's going to hurt me. No one's going to hurt you because I'm always here to protect you. Secrets. Body secrets are never okay or safe. They need to tell a trusted adult if someone asks them to keep a body secret. Allow kids to ask questions about their bodies without shame or embarrassment. And what to do when someone says no or stop should be a constant communication. They have the it's just a boundary song that's been going around. So that is really good to bring up and start doing they aren't respecting your boundaries, you can say, respect my boundaries because my body is my choice. So a really good game for this age range is tickling. You can go back and forth to show them I have boundaries and so do you. It's important to honor someone else's boundary, aka consent. So you could say like, I'm going to tickle you and when you want me to stop, say no or stop. Okay, so you're tickle tickling, they say no, you stop, and then you reverse the rules. So now it's their turn to tickle you, and you say stop. 
Sometimes this can be a little tricky in the beginning because they like to be silly and keep tickling you after you say no and stop. So just encouraging them to play the game correctly, but don't discourage them. Like it takes practice. This is why we start at a young age so that we know with practice that you need to stop when someone says stop. This teaches two things. One, body autonomy. They're in charge of their body and who gets to touch it. They also learn that they are not in charge of someone else's. They know that when they hear stop, they need to stop touching the other person's body. Between the ages of 8 and 12, kids start wrestling. Things get a little more aggressive. So you can have some rules set in your house that when you hear, hey, stop, get off of me. If you hear this word, it needs to be met with a lot of respect. And you just say, oh, no, 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 we got to stop. He said stop. He communicated his boundaries. We need to respect his boundaries. Into the teenage years, I would start having conversations of different scenarios and opening a safe space. Teenagers have crazy fantasies. We all do. And the only resource out there that they gain information from is sadly pornography, which is extremely inaccurate or their friends. So sign them up for a sex therapist so that they can ask open questions if you don't know the answers or if you don't feel comfortable Um, So they can learn how to use toys appropriately so they can have toys. No shame or anything should be involved. If teenagers and adults had a safe place to just vent about their fantasies and not feel shame for them, then it wouldn't be so taboo and you can talk about healthy ways to go about things. Social media has also become huge for most teenagers. You can ask, what would you do if someone added you or someone that you know started asking you for pictures of yourself online? Or what if someone started asking you questions about sex online? What would you do? You could just say, yes, you would come tell me immediately. You won't be in any trouble. I'm not going to take away your phone. I know it's not anything that you did wrong and I will always be here. You can wake me up at any time and I will help you through that situation. So just really creating that safe environment. Remember to always ask for consent and is never too early to start teaching consent. Thank you so much thank you so much for listening my goal is to always create a safe space to be vulnerable in and if you benefited from this episode in any way the best way to show your appreciation is by simply screenshotting this episode and sharing on your social media or with your team or even better drop me a review on whatever platform you're listening on Don't forget, if you're looking for additional support, I love being a resource to you on Instagram at HealWithMegan. I can't wait to share space with you all again next week. Sending you all love and healing.